Live from the Talking Joe studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, the G. Yo. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yo, oh, come on, and the rest. One. That's a good one. I'm Diagnostic AD, or Christopher McLeod, from the Four yeah. Course Podcast, and Talking Joe. The big 5-0 on the Talking Joe. Celebrate. That's right, people. Yeah, that's right, people. We managed to hit the half century somehow. Somehow there's enough people out there listening to this uh, garbage we're putting out. Whoa. quality stuff. What am I talking about? This is quite high quality entertainment. I've heard at least, at least two people say it's their favourite podcast. Was it uh, me and you? That covers, that covers, <laughs> that covers the specifics of a 50% portion of a podcast covering old G.I. Joe comics from the 80s. At least two people have said we are the favourites in that category. Correct. Yeah. How you been? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. I am preparing heavily for the uh, upcoming weekend. Um, I'm actually doing Assembly Required, which um, is known on Facebook as Codename Iowa. So if you want to check out them on Facebook, you'll see amazing things. They just put on the best Joe show. Like, it's, it's so amazing. I can't even describe how fun and well done this whole show is uh, like i said it's in des moines iowa it is a what it's only a one day show however the night before they have a meal kind of get together like a big you know everyone gets together they put on this fabulous meal and you know you can just you know really just hang out with people that evening and then the, obviously the next day is the show so you do the show when you get when it gets to the end of the day you everyone stays the night uh, at the hotel just around the corner it's it's like literally across, you cross the street and you're at the event so it's like such a good like you know you've got like loads of hotels loads of stuff to do around uh, in Des Moines as well and that evening we all go out for zombie burger which is the most amazing burger joint like ever, and it's even got like Ron Wagner's um, no no shit. has got Ron Wagner's art going all the way through it. He's got this huge, I think I might have mentioned this before on the show, but this huge freeze of like a zombies breaking through wooden doors, panels, and stuff like that. But it's like right, painted yep. zombies and then wooden actual wooden panels put like fixed over the front of the actual image. So it's really cool. Because he's from that area, he goes to the show as well, so I'll, I'll try and get a chat with him for Talking Joe lined up as well, if you fancy that. Yeah, nice. That would probably work, considering, you know, we've looked at a lot of his art this this year. And yeah, it's just a great show, and then that following that, we all go out to a place called Up Down, which is a kind of bar, arcade bar, so tons of arcade machines, all like top quality. You go to the bar, you get coins, and then you, you basically just go nuts. You know, it's just brilliant. So much fun. And then the next, the following day, we have uh, brunch with everybody. So oh, it's brilliant. like, it's like it's it's intimate, but at the same time, it, you, you get like so much out of this show. It's it's just brilliant. So in any case, shout out to Brian Sauer, Steve Kelting, Travis Weber, David Muencraft, all the guys that are involved in it. Apologies for those I've missed out. I don't think I have. But like Joe Declassified are going to be there. Full Force, obviously me, going to be the finest are going to be there basically like El Raging Spoon who's just done his uh, Kickstarter for Complex so that's another thing guys if you like amazing uh, diorama sets for like industrial type you know like alien space kind of looking stuff or just like 
warehouse looking you know builds he does this amazing thing called complex and it's like you know modular pieces like floors walls and then the second series he's coming out with which is in for this kickstarter there's like all sorts of different things he's applied to that so it's really cool like stairs and 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 extra walkways and things like missile launches and computer deck stations and all sorts of crazy stuff it's very very cool and it works for like you know uh four inch figures all the way up to like you know uh six inch figures so yeah check that out uh yeah other than that i've booked flights for the uk so i'll be flying out december 11th to january the 15th so it's a big chunk of time i'll be window, out there yeah. massive window <laughs> for my massive face to look out of and yeah, yeah. yeah other than that just you know working hard and and taking names how about yourself young man so a lot of things been going down in castle chief the first of which is absolute, it ain't silent absolute <laughs> calamity like, oh, i'm no. talking i'm talking world shattering armageddon what have you done i'm talking i'm talking this is literally panic stations red button defcon 4 i've come up to the loft to do the podcast i've left my slippers downstairs oh thank f- for that it is so cold up here my feet are like ice blocks already i've only been up for five minutes you're gonna have to like pull your trousers down and tie them up at the end and then this you get an early peek inside chief's mind here. it's not even the segment and then this morning i woke up with a uh, quite bad back pain oh i thought uh, you were gonna say massive the, hard on for a second across then. the mid not yet across the middle of my back no it, it progressively throughout the day as i if i take deep breaths and expand my frame then it's really sharp shooting Ooh. pain across my back so i don't know what that's all about and then that's back trouble then, then. i'm cooking with gas Do you smell what the chief is cooking yeah i'm cooking up a storm in the kitchen funnily enough and i'm getting the 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 kids uh tea time meal ready and it's uh corn fill- corn fillets covered in tomato salsa with crunched up nachos and then melted cheese on top lovely and she's come into the kitchen i've taken the tray out of the oven put it on the side and i said do you want to pick out the cheesiest most crunchiest one she says yes she's come running over i've left the tray hanging over the edge of the side <sighs> and she's grabbed it and oh, then just burnt it yeah no. bad news for a four-year-old and uh, so i quickly went to the tap obviously put it under freezing cold water for like five minutes what fortunately did you, what did you do with, what did you do with her hand <laughs> yeah yeah i was like man i gotta save this uh this dinner because that was tasty and um she you know uh so Aww, we we, uh, we we went to her she, i couldn't find any bandages so i went to her room to her dressing up box luckily she's got a doctor's kit and i found some bandages in her play doctor's kit so we bandaged that's up amazing um and it didn't blister and i think it was it had cooled slightly and i think I don't, just, I don't yeah, think just, it was that just, hot. Just making but, um, a big deal out of nothing, really. Yeah. <laughs> it was the shock. So she'd actually gone to bed. She wanted it bandaged going to bed. So there's that. Other than that, I found £140 today. Oh, which nice. Always good. Nice. Was it in your bank account or was it on the street? Or? <laughs> no, I stole it out of some guy's back pocket. Good. No, good. I, um, I was having a tidy up in some of the cupboards at the house and I found an old glasses case, spectacles case, opened it up. Hundred seven twenty pound notes. I'd have expected. Quid. I'd have expected testicles, wallet, and a watch in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I also booked my tickets for Thought Bubble, which is the UK's best comic convention. Ah, yeah. Happening. This will be my ninth time in a row. Used to be in Leeds, which is in the north of the UK. Harrogate now, now moved it? to Harrogate, which is slightly northerly and a little bit westerly. I think. Yes. All I know is it's put an extra hour on my journey time, so Bummer. that's not ideal. However. 
the mate it takes uh, me like, it, takes us, it took us seven hours to get to or seven and a half right. hours to get to ohio so don't, i'm not even in that, the uk no anything in the uk anything longer than a 90 minute drive is considered a long way crazy isn't it anyway so the the as it turns out the train ticket up was 38 pounds 50 my hotel because i booked it so late was 94 quid <sighs> Uh, so that just uh, leaves me about uh, eight quid spare from the 140 I found. And then the Seddon boys are going to give me a lift home in the car. So I'll probably need to give them more than eight quid. All but said anyway, and done. There you go. All said and done. And the last thing I've been doing is not doing retro gaming because I've been sucked in to The Last of Us, which is literally taking over all my free time, apart from when I get to read G.I. Joe comic books for this segment. Yeah. This podcast, sorry. And... I just played a bit today, and the storytelling is so good. It got yeah. really dark. And I'm going to do it's spoilers, but you should have played the game anyway if you're listening out there. If not, it is spoilers, so you might want to skip ahead if you haven't played it. Um, but uh, Joel and Ellie have found this other couple who have survived the ravages. It's a guy called Henry and his little kid brother, uh, Sam. And d- uh, during a zombie attack, Sam has got bitten. He's like a kid. And he hasn't let on to the rest of the party. And then Ellie goes up to see him in his room in like an abandoned building. And then he's all shaking. He started to turn zombie. And Joel, who is the hero protagonist of the piece, starts going for his gun. And then Henry, the kid who's turned his brother, is like pulls a gun on Joel. He's like, I'm not going to let you kill my brother. He's like, he's turning, blah, 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 blah. The kid starts attacking the girl. And then Henry, the brother, actually ends up shooting his own brother. And then points the gun at Joel, and then in a, in a moment of craziness, points the gun to his head, blows his own brains out. There's like heavy, heavy stuff going down in in this. It's all cutscenes as well. That's not gameplay. It's actual cutscenes during the story. It's like it's got dark all of a sudden. The screen goes black for like five seconds. Some haunting guitar riff comes in, and then the words fall just appear in the bottom corner. Like, And then it turns out that three to six months have passed. And then Joel and Ellie are back on their travels to try and get to, you know, the vaccine or whatever. But it's like, wow, it's, it's, it's some of the best storytelling in video games I've ever seen. I have played this game through to completion before, but not for five, six years. So I'm playing it again and it's, wow, it's so good. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've, I've, I've Actually, I couldn't be bothered to play the game. So I ended up just watching all of the kind of movie styles cutscenes on YouTube. Ah, right. But nice. yeah, amazing, man. It's it's really powerful. Totally powerful. So that has sucked away from we retro can't, gaming. Yeah, I was going to say, we can't actually use the retro gaming jingle this week. No, because I fine. also haven't played any retro games. But I have been stuck deep in Earth Wars, uh, which I mentioned ah, on yes. last week's episode. Uh, that f- game, man, it is addictive as sh- I haven't actually spent any money on it yet, thankfully. I'm not up to 150,000 like that. <laughs> right, yeah, good, one good. Numpty is. But I have managed to unlock Cheetor, Skylinks, Perceptor, and Gnaw over the past few days, which I've been really happy with. And I've started, I... my, I've started my own alliance. So oh, everyone nice. out there, if you play Earth Wars, come and join the Full Force Alliance. Just search oh. for the Full Force Alliance, and it, I'm, I'm running it. I'm not sure if that, you know, you'll see my name, Diagnostic 80. So come and join the Full Force Alliance and do it now yeah good stuff good stuff um i'm really thirsty i've got really cold feet so i'm hoping i'm hoping somehow having a drink hope i'm hoping somehow having a drink will make my feet warm i don't think that's how science works but i'm giving it a go because it's time for beverage for the show beverage for the show beverage for the show now i am gonna go and drink my beverage for the show 
you're going to hate me on yeah. uh, more than usual yeah, yeah. because I've got a hot drink and it's and it's oh, like you w- it is like fall out here like so it is cold but it's got, the sun is beaming through the the windows obviously and it's heat the heating's on so it's hotter than the sun in this house also, just a quick check. Autumn is what it should be called. Fall Correct. is a stupid, stupid name. Oh, Correct. leaves are falling from the trees. No, autumn. I agree. Right. I say, is I the do word say every, autumn. I do say it every is, single is the day. Word, is the word autumn not used in the states? No. Nope. Oh, okay. They right. use they just use the term fall because it's quicker and dumber. Next. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going first this week. I have a Ninkasi Blanc. This is the I've, I've butchered that beer de bleu. Um, this is the last beer from my beer 52 or The last of us. The last of the beers. Hopefully yes, it doesn't shoot us. itself in the head. No, the last of us remastered. This is a World Beer Award. It won a World Beer Award. Who hasn't, mate? Uh, France Gold. It's got a picture of what looks like a pole dancer on the front. Oh, um, perfect. Anyway, let's go. 4.8% volume, 33 centilitres. Open that up. Let's give it a go. Mm. Oh, me. that's a weird noise. Well, it's because it like you're my firing microphone, lasers or something. It's because my microphone was too low, so uh, to to get the elevation on the bottle, I had to lower my head, and my mouth went at a funny angle. So you kind of got that. Wow! Wow! Sounds like you're making out with a robot. I'm going to raise the microphone. I'm going straight in my back, which is immediately giving me some back pain, but it's for the greater good. Uh, talking Joe, <coughs> excuse me, comes first. There's nothing for me to read out about this bottle because it's all in French. I don't read French. That's quite nice. It's, it's kind of a light. It's kind of a light. Let me see if I can get some tones or some. Who's tone? Yeah, tone loke. Um, Wild thing. Yeah, I quite like tone loke. Was he a one-hit wonder? or Was he a one-album wonder? One-album wonder. One movie wonder because he was in uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Ah, okay. And I, I had that CD and I used to play it religiously as a kid. But, um, what, like yeah, other I'm, people in robes <laughs> in a church? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm going to play. I, I, you'll probably uh, put a bit of Tone Loke on the background here. Wow, but I'm actually wow. going yeah, yeah. to go and uh, seek out some Tone Loke after we record this, finish, after we finish recording. Anyway, I am giving this a 7 out of 10. That, that is very enjoyable. Now you go for it. Okay. Warm beverage. So it, I... has not, it has not made my feet warmer, by the way. Bummer. Uh, so I was struggling again because I completely forgot to go out and get something. And then I remembered that my mother-in-law, Valley, shout out to Valley Kirkwood, uh, mentioned a while back that she had some sweet and spicy tea in the um, uh, in the pan- say pantry. But you had such a problem yeah. with that before. Um, <laughs> In in our in, in our tall cupboard that houses other things that don't go in the fridge, basically. No, you can say pantry. Yes, that's fine. Okay, so <laughs> it's just it literally is like a friggin' like cupboard, like a tall one with a door. That's it. It's yeah, not like a yeah. walk-in giant thing that you see on like shows. No, this is like just a shelved uh, broom cupboard, effectively. Yeah. Um, Anyway, enough of that. So this is the Good Earth Tea Company Sweet and Spicy Caffeine Free, or Caffeine, as I like to call it, because it sounds like a planet in Star Wars. <laughs> Flavoured herbal tea, 18 tea bags. I just wanted the one. <laughs> Had to put all yeah. 18 in there, didn't I? Um, and it also has in, like instructions on how to, uh, to, you know, prepare it. Because in the States, let's talk about tea in the United States before I get into this. When I first came here, no f- in the US knew how to make a cup of tea. And I mean now, it. Now- like, 
Were, uh, were you, obviously maybe your habits have changed, you drink a lot of these herbal teas, were you a, a, a British tea drinker? Yes, standard Yorkshire okay. tea, yep. Yorkshire tea, uh, PG tips, that kind of um, yep. went to, I think we we're in New Jersey, uh, I was working in New Jersey at the time, on a summer camp, through Camp America, uh, back in the early 2000s, and my friend and I, Kirk, uh, from Kent, <laughs> he, yep. we ended up bunking together one summer, uh, that doesn't mean having sex, but we did, and he, he, um, managed to get hold of, it was like contraband on camp, managed to get hold of a bat, like a box of PG tips, either they were sent to him or he brought them over, but either way, he had baggies on him <laughs> of tea, right. and we ended up one night, like, try- making tea, but the problem in the United States is they don't have, or they do now, but they didn't back then, or they, they kind of don't normally in houses, they have, like, Keurig machines, which just warm water up. They don't even, like... It doesn't boil it. And that's what you need with tea. You need it to be boiling. If it's not boiling water, f*** off. Like, it just doesn't work. And so, it says on the side of this box, 8 ounces boiling water, plus tea bag, plus steep for 3 to 4 minutes, plus enjoy. Now, it says steep to 3 to 4 minutes. I've... I'm tasting it now. Ready? Yeah, I was born ready. And I could smell it from where I was sitting. That is sweet as f**k. And I did not steep it for three to four minutes. That was in okay. there for like 30 seconds. I squeezed so the bag gone, and threw it in the bin. If it had gone three minutes and you are sugared up. If that had gone two minutes, my eyes would have dissolved in my head. But uh, it is gorgeous. It's very, very... It's like a spicy cinnamon is what it tastes like. Really nice. I did throw in a tiny dash of... Sweet, unsweetened vanilla almond milk uh, just a dash just a little dash just to take some of the edge off and it is very delicious so um, yeah but like I said do not be steep in that for three to four minutes otherwise you'll everyone in the house will go blind because of the yes. fumes anyway yeah. next right well uh, yeah what, what are you giving it what's your uh, what's your rating uh, that is a mid eight whoa wowzers high marks indeed uh, will the high marks continue when we go inside cheap mind? No. I do feel like I do feel like we've already been there a little bit, but so I'll make this brief. Inside Chief's back. Yeah, inside Chief's back, his frozen feet, um, his, his daughter's hand. burnt hands, yeah, all that jazz. <laughs> um, what really bugs me? I'm a cyclist, and what so. bugs me is other cyclists who cycle at night with no lights. Yeah, that's mental. And cyclists who cycle potentially during the day on the pavement. That also bugs now, me. Now, yep. they are for pedestrians. Now, if, I, if I'm walking along and I see a cyclist, I don't care if, if, if you're a granddad at 60, you're 40, or you're a seven-year-old kid. I'm stopping you, I'm pointing at you, I'm saying, get off the pavement, they're for pedestrians. Yeah. Really, really annoys me. How many fights um, have you been in, just by... <laughs> Just my chance. Um, I have in my life thrown. Oh, we've got a detour here now. I've thrown two punches in my life. Yes. And one was I. I'm going to say I was maybe ten or eleven. Ten between ten and twelve. I was at the local roller disco. Well, it wasn't they really had a roller, roller discos di- in the 1300s. <laughs> That's it. Can you believe it? Um, it was like it wasn't really a roller disco. It was a Saturday afternoon down the local leisure centre. Where they just let kids with roller skates just skate round in circles in, <laughs> in one of the in one of the things, and uh, there was a kid there, 
And for the life of me, I cannot remember his name, but he was the year below me in school, yeah. and he just kept saying, uh, you fatter, you can't catch me, and just skating off. <laughs> you fatter, you can't catch me, and skating off. He and sounds I tried to awesome. Catch him, and I couldn't catch him. And then we came out, we came out, and um, we came out, and he hadn't seen me. And I'd gone to shove him, and he had his skates, and he swung his skates at me. Oh, my goodness. I ducked, come up with a beautiful uh, gut punch uh, that bent him over double. Tiger uppercut. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I didn't realise his mum was standing next to me at the time. Did you have and, to um, hadoken her as well? She, 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 yeah, yeah. She, she gave me a right ear bashing, and I think she probably phoned my mum. But anyway, that's one. The second punch I've ever thrown is... I was walking home from work. This would have been... How long ago would this have been? 10... 15 years? Maybe 15 years? Yeah, we're in the 1400s now. 15 years ago. I was walking home from work. I got a lift to work by someone. And this girl used to drive past my house on the way to work. And then got to work. And you punched her. It wasn't until I was ready to leave. She said... Yeah, I punched her. Uh, She was driving too slow. So we got to work. And she said, oh, by the way, I'm going to the gym after work. And she told me that with like five minutes to go to the end of my shift. She gave me no warning. She knew from the beginning of the day. Yes, I should have punched her, actually. But um, no, I don't, I don't condone punching anyone on this show unless they deserve it. Uh, so, no. um, so anyway, I had to, right, I've got to walk home now. So well, I've got to walk to the train station. And the quickest route to the train station was kind of down this unlit back alley that had overgrown trees. My goodness. Kind of like a side street. Yeah. Well, there, was a, there was an occasional uh, street lamp. So I'm walking. I've got headphones on, hood up. It's, it's quite cold. Walking along. And then yeah, there was street lamps because someone walked. I had my head down. Someone walked past me, going the opposite direction. And then I saw their shadow stop, turn around and start coming behind me. Wow. So, so I'm at, at, at a sort of increased pace. Wow. So I'm like, I'm about to get mugged here. So... As the shadow kind of got to me, I kind of, out of my peripheral vision, saw a hand come. I just span around and just threw a massive right haymaker. Just didn't even bother thinking. Hit someone, knocked them down. I saw glasses smash and go flying. Uh, someone's on the deck. Then I sprinted down this alley. Then it comes, came out into, the, into like a cul-de-sac of like houses. Right. And two lights came on. This car just blip beaming. Because it's, it's about sort of 9pm now. It's pitch black in the winter. Lights came on. I was like, he's got buddies in the car. They're all going to jump out and just and do me in. So I've run, and luckily there was someone coming out of their house, like two houses up, about to get in their car. And he's like, oh, what's all going on here? And I was like, this guy's just tried to mug me. His mate's about to get me. As it turned out, <laughs> as it turned out, the, the person in the car was the guy's wife. Oh, my God. The guy who I just knocked out, I didn't knock him out, knocked him down, broke his glasses. He was probably about 45. His 16-year-old son had just been mugged about an hour ago down that alley oh by a guy God. by a guy he described as having a hood on and so he had obviously thought I was the potential mugger of his son. Oh my goodness. And I just sparked him. But anyway, um I profusely apologized obviously. However, if he thought I was the guy that had mugged his son, he wasn't just going to tap me on the shoulder and say, excuse me, sir, did you just assault my yeah, son? Yeah, totally. He yeah. was going to do something. But um, anyway, we, we parted, not as friends, but it was he understood potentially why I'd hit him. I understood why, you know, 
what was but anyway there you go so that's the only two times i've thrown punches both were absolute crackers by the way brilliant uh, so so anyone wants to get in a fight with the chief come prepared uh, and so yeah the only the other thing is we've, we've uh i mentioned it at the beginning cyclists without lights now i've been on motorbike riding along and have you know seen a cyclist in front of me with, without lights and I like to give them a massive honk on the horn just as I come up behind them hopefully they fall off their bike not so they got run over but um, just so you know and I shout at them, I put my visor up shout at them get some f***ing lights but um, there you go Inside Chief's Mind I think that's probably used up the time for about the next five Inside Chief's Mind I don't think we've got enough, enough time to do the comics now. Is that a problem? <laughs> Those who've tuned in for comics, it's going to be about five minutes worth. Just kidding. It's going to be regular time's worth. Uh, well, I don't know, actually. Let's talk about it. Let's just stop. Just cut to the quick and get to the comics. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them. Chief and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them. Chief and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Yeah. So, this week, I think my cold feet are having a definite impact on my brain. I think my brain is freezing up a Yeah, you bit. sound a little bit um, moment. I can't say that. Uh, no. So, this week, we are discussing issues 146, 147, 148. We're rapidly hurtling to the end of the Real American Hero run. Like an so, asteroid toward, towards Earth. <laughs> like an asteroid towards Earth that has Star Brigade on it. So, here we have... Uh, let's look at the covers GIJ146 it actually just says Star Brigade on the front and you have some Joes who we were introduced to last issue regular Joes in their new space outfits and one new space Joe which was called what's it Space Job no what's his name Space Shot Space yeah Space Job like I said Shot Spa- <laughs> yeah yeah Space Job advert for Captain Crunch on the inside cover never had Cap- oh Cap- Captain Crunch sorry so this is Crunch Island Captain Yep, and we're here to show the world the secret of Crunch Island. Then let's go! Through the fields of upsy-daisies. Upsy-daisy! <laughs> Over Crunch Island's really hot springs. <laughs> Even through Howlin' Tunnel. There! Wow! A whole mountain of golden sweet Captain Crunch cereal. That could be a crunchy part of a balanced breakfast. That mountain's named after me. What's it called? Oh, what else? <laughs> Mount Crunchmore! You ever had Captain Crunch cereal? I have, I have. I cannot work out if we had a UK equivalent of this cereal. I don't think so. It looks like Watsits, or I guess for you people (laughs) overseas, Cheetos in a bowl of milk. I I guess it's not, but... (laughs) Captain Crunch, I think I had it way back when, when I was was younger, but I don't think (laughs) I... I haven't had it certainly in like the last... 20-something years, no. Let's move on from the Captain happen yeah cover do you like this cover 146 yeah pretty dynamic pretty cool all yep. firing and shooting all over the place like you know yep. men men possessed like me in about an hour's time <laughs> it's a shame that the defiant is kind of covered by the logo but at the same i say defiant it's the crusader the defiant is the full complex but the it's a shame that it's covered by the the logo in a sense but you know it's really cool they all look really star brigade yeah 147 is pretty much more of the same uh, except this time you can see who they're shooting at. Again, it says G.I. Joe featuring... Or this time it says G.I. Joe featuring Star Brigade, top right, bottom left. It's mayhem on the moon as the Joes ride the Oblivion Express. There's no train in this, so I don't know what they're talking there about. There is no train on this, <laughs> no. Uh, again, dynamic cover. 
Yeah, I prefer the first. I actually prefer the first one. This one's um, cool, a little bit more cartoony. This one is very much for me because, again, I, I don't know if you've heard Homages. it before. But I, I don't know if you've heard it before, but I wasn't really collecting the toys. Um, you never, never mentioned it. Never mentioned it. I think you've never mentioned your trip to the states. It's um, <laughs> coming if you up. Co- if you it's <laughs> coming up. If you covered up for me, if you covered up that top, the top couple of inches. Uh, that's what she said. Uh, where it says GI Joe, Rear American Hero, down yep. down to Star Brigade. Cover that up and take off that little text panel about the Oblivion Express. I would have no idea what this comic was, and I would agree with you. <laughs> there's nothing yeah. GI Joe about it. That's I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. It's just it's just yeah. It's there's, there's no know. discerning. Like the the characters are so completely different at this stage that you can't yeah and that's the thing that that's the thing with comics as well it's the fact especially with the joe comics is you have so many different artists doing different characters kind of likenesses that they all tend to like look completely different like i couldn't like i can i i have an my my vision of flint is like a mixture of the sunbow cartoon mixed with his card art like that's how i see flint and then and then when you're reading the comics you just see like 30 different versions of what flint looks like and when he's in, in his Eco Warriors costume, you, you'd only know it if you knew the Eco Warriors figure. You wouldn't, like, know who the f*** it was. Right, let's get on to the next one. One four, I, like, I quite like the cover anyway. 148, it's kind of more of the same again. Uh, this time the, the tagline is versus the Legion of the Unliving. Yeah, I know, and it's got um, Roadblock gripped tight. And this does happen in the in the actual issue as well, so that's... That's a nice bonus. In in our Scorpinox claw, yeah? <laughs> yeah, or one of the robotics mouths. Yes. It does yes. look a bit robotics. Anyway, um, yeah. Two main plot strands going on here. One is, of course, the Joes up in space trying to avert this asteroid, which is coming to collide with the Earth. They team up with the October Guard, and we'll obviously discuss that. And the second land-based, this is set in... How do you pronounce it? Wolkukukland. No, no, no. It's it's. He even tells you how to pronounce it. It's Volkukukland. Yeah, Volkukukland. Yes, yeah. Anyway, there. And this is the Joes with obviously General Liederkranz and Wolfgang and Cobra Commander Destro Zartan. They've been brainwashed. Blah 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 blah. And what what shakes out there? So we've got three issues. Uh, there's two storylines kind of wrap up at the end of it. So it's a nice little arc. I have to say a couple of things. I really like these two stories. I don't think there's much weakness in them in a weird way. Like I, I kind of enjoy the the space fantasy aspect and it's done in a way that is like almost half believable by Larry Hammer. Like I don't know how he's managed to kind of make it almost very realistic. There's no, there's obviously there's crazy stuff, but there's stuff that you kind of take like you just take at face value, like the spacesuits, for example, being like um, very, you know, like super advanced, so that they've got maybe like anti grav in them and all that kind of stuff. But like, there's there's so much about this that I just thought was real, really fun and very much GI Joe. As much I know a lot of people, you know, they kind of like kind of look down at some of the eras of Joe, like the Star Brigade and. Uh, eco warriors and all that kind of jazz but i i i embrace it and i think this store the story in space is fun and the actual like ground battle is really good and like intriguing and it's not just like a side story that usually happens and yeah. you kind of ignore because something more important is going on you i like the fact that 
that you know the, there's actually some there's meat to both stories here yeah i mean i i've normally got a page full of notes for you know things i like things i didn't like um good lines of dialogue uh, questions for you etc and i've actually only wrote three things down yeah, one of yeah. them was vipers because there's been a trend obviously of seeing all these different frags alleys yeah all the different vipers whereas here at the beginning you actually just get regular joe vipers yeah totally which is quite nice the second thing i've written down is harmer creates kind of a, a bit of intrigue because you see at the beginning these two shuttles you see a russian one and a, a gi joe one coming up into space and you think that there's potentially going to be a throwdown between these two sides and then it's not till a bit later on when they you know a few pages in when they send out like coupling uh, tubes and you actually realize then that they're they're there for a team up they're not actually there to fight each other so yeah it creates that little bit wicked. of intrigue early on and then the other thing i've written down is oh yeah one of the one of the robots they get into looks just like an early prototype atst yeah big time it does yeah i mean that's um i'm not going to go into into too much detail with the armor bot a spoiler but okay I do like. I, I must admit, like I think the uh, designs, especially in the in the issue, are really fun. And I I also dig the fact that the October Guard are back in it, and we get to see, you know, quite a few of them, like the Misha and Gorky and Dragonski and uh, Dana, and now uh, Red Star, who yes. they mention. And obviously, what we know, let's not talk about it now. But they do mention, or one of them says. Why is it that you look exactly like Colonel Brekov, who died? Yes, and yes. and he says, but they don't answer it. No, do they? no, no. But they will eventually. So uh, yeah, we'll... okay. Because I can't really remember. But yeah, that that felt to me like an unfinished plot thread. So okay, I'll, I will look for. This is the beauty of having a, a terrible long term memory. Is that I forget a lot of the details of these comics. So it's almost like I'm you know rereading them again for the first time every time I read them. But yeah, the this. The space stuff, like you said, actually all of it, all of it's pretty good. Now, just refresh my memory because even though I read these an hour ago, I'm still a little bit confused about what's actually going on. So the Joes have gone up into space with the Russians. There's an asteroid or a meteorite, whatever, is going to collide with Earth. But there's some weird drone robot things firing lasers at them. I didn't really understand what was happening. And there's some weird scientist dude. This Russian scientist has found a way or has worked towards a way of, of weaponizing asteroids. So basically diverting them to certain locations to cause lots of damage. Um, they did it. They did like computer simulations and it worked out really well. So they approached him to, to do this, you know, to kind of put, put money towards it to do this kind of, um, you know, set this up as a, as a weapon they could use. The Russians, that is. So when they realize that he's insane, this scientist, it's too late. He's already implemented these, basically these, these, uh, his own agenda. He's implemented this. They're kind of like robots that can kind of create them you know, even more robots. And they end up, you know, he, he basically sets them up on this asteroid, which is like heading towards Earth at like a alarming rate. It's going to wipe out civilization as we know it so the joes have to go up there with the russians who have obviously given them this information because they know all the inside information about what's going on with this with this guy and uh, they're going to go up there and they're going to divert it somehow either blowing it up cha- you know changing the course of the asteroid using the manual controls that he would have set in place and that's exactly what they attempt to do right yeah perfect done 
Uh, so, right, what are you yo-jo in this? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, during, let's let's just do the space stuff then. So, they we get the introductions, like you said, of uh, Red Star, and Sci-Fi's a little bit put out because he is the designated laser sniper for I this mission. I have to say, Sci-Fi doesn't have a tash. I don't know why he has a tash in this. They've given him some sort of completely different character design to his toy so i think that maybe they're copying someone like ozone possibly or someone like that who has facial hair uh sci-fi is clean shaven like every version of him so it's really weird that they've they've put a tash on him randomly okay anyway he's he's pissed off because dana pops up and she's like i'm the sniper and he's like wait a minute i'm the sniper Uh, there's room enough for two i think and these guys then work out later on that the drones are only attacking them because they're holding weapons effectively so if they put their weapons down and then pick up tools instead the robot the the drones let them through but um yeah yeah and then they come across some like sort of computer screen where the old mad scientist crops up again it's uh, funny because they're like here's a big red button and then they're like well us obviously must be the self-destruct and then they say well if it is we've got to hope there's a timer if not we're going to blow up and they said well that's a risk we have to take slam on the red button and that's where his face appears and he's kind of like oh if you're here then it means that you haven't used you haven't brought guns so there's hope for humanity or something so it's weird that his agenda is to you know destroy civilization unless they uh, like approach this problem without using weapons so it just seems like a very odd thing but even so quick shout out because uh, we've got larry harmer script and we've actually got new penciler on board which is phil gossier finishes by crusher wallace i think it's chip wallace possibly steve alexandrov jim amash and don hudson colors by bob shireen letters by vicky williams but um yeah uh, gossier's on for a few issues now and i think his art starts quite strong i like and, it i and like nice. it i think in some of the later pages here i don't know if he was under a deadline or anything but some of the later pages aren't quite as good as the early stuff but all the space stuff is very good it's very interesting that it goes really high level, some of the artwork, and then, yeah, you're right, some of the panels are, like, really rubbish. But it, the, the the same token, by the same token, it seems to be overall good-looking. So it's not it's not one of those things where the, the art stands out in a horrible way because, for the most part, it's pretty solid throughout. Like, you know, it's it's, in, it's kind of weird that. I think in, in terms of the artwork, I'm really happy with it. In terms of the overall story in the space, I'm really happy with it. Um, and then, yeah, they they thankfully divert. They get out in time, let's say, and, yeah, uh, and yeah, divert yeah. everything. So, yeah. Um, this, what's happening here, will lead into Chief Ask Chris a question. So, can you guess what I'm going to ask? No, you can't, because I've given not enough clues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stay tuned to the end of the episode. Ground battle next. Looking at the ground stuff. So, I think at the end of the last issue, had Cobra Commander re- taken off his hood and revealed his face, which was the trigger yep. to send Zartan and Destro into their zombification mode, if yes, you will. Yes, yes, correct. Right, and now he has got them under his control, Mindbender's back on board, and he, uh, Cobra Commander wants to start invading the rest of Eastern Europe. Yeah, they do this, or he does this thing where he kind of unlocks... What was the other trigger, the code words, that activate the ethical moral override implants? Yeah. And what are the magic words that transform these zombified automatons into terrifyingly crafty evil geniuses bent on world domination in the name of Cobra? Was it Niagara Falls? And boom, <laughs> Zartan and Destro are now like 
yeah. absolute war geniuses it's um it's quite funny but then from that point on i really enjoy this issue because you get destro being like quite a you know a bad guy i should say and he fires a frigging intercontinental ballistic missile and blows up his cousin in Darklonia. He blows up Darklon. Yep. And then he's also got chemical weapons as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got chemical weapons and he was, he was keeping, going, he he was going to destroy them for the good of humanity. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. yeah. Um, I've turned the page and I've got an advert for some video games or a video game, which can only mean one thing. It's comic ad talk within comic talk. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Stop. Rewind, selector. It's comic talk, but not as you know it. I'm asking Chris questions. Let's hope he don't blow it. I found some ads in this comic I'm reading. Chris's brain is working overtime. I think you hear it bleeding. NFL and NBA trading cards. He's digging up answers like bodies in graveyards, cereal, candy, and video games. His knowledge is good. Is it as good as he claims? Can he name the X-Men or even the Avengers? Landing answers like right, but might need some dentures. If you don't like this segment, you best take a walk, because it's comic ad talk within comic talk. So, uh, what is the game? It is on the Sega Genesis. It was probably on other games. And it says, to prepare for this game, use Street Fighter 2 as your training wheels. Basically a massive disc at Street Fighter. Nice. I can give. I can read some more text out if you want. I had this game and it was good, but I don't know if it was only good because of the novelty of it having loads of moves and character characters and modes and it, it, it was no way as good as Street Fighter 2 but at the time it was a novelty value for me right you probably aren't prepared for such an intense fighting game few are that's why we've included the Hollow Trainer and instant replay to help ready you for fierce competition you'll battle nine huge warriors each with their own martial arts fighting style like Jeet Kune Do and Ninjutsu with 35 killer moves any of these guys could kick Guile's butt get good enough and you'll discover all the cool overkills Prepare yourself, because when it comes to pain, it's better to give than receive. It's a fighting game, is it? Yeah. Uh, not Mortal Kombat. Oh. That was way right. after that. Um, or was it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was way after that. Yeah, yeah it's not Mortal Kombat. Um, You're not going to get it. Oh, God, I don't. I can't think of any. Uh, I'm going to put you out of your misery. Go on, then. Eternal Champions. <laughs> Never even heard of it. Never right. heard of it, mate. Next one. Next one, I found another two. Uh, Never Battles heard of are it. one. Battles are won with bullets. Wars are won with brains. This is a Super Nintendo or SNES. Command and Conquer? Uh, Nope, from Activision. This is... Oh, by the way, this is uh, for people who like it and we forgot to put... um, March through to May 1994. Um, The only action game that requires strategy to win... Well, they've put a headline there, which I'm sure is 100% not true. No, it's a lie. Uh, the only strategy game that's hot enough to melt your armour. With the advantages of an advanced 3D flight simulator, as well as a shrewd and cunning mind, you'll face the most ferocious intergalactic combat you've seen. The name of this game, one of the most original games ever developed. It's the year 3027. Revenge is your motive. A battle mech is your method. Outmaneuver, outsmart, and outfight the dark wing lance. Oh, is that, it's not Mech Warrior, is it? It is Mech Warrior. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, I've never heard of it, but you have. Uh, then I've got one it. more here. Never, never, I've got one more never here. The game. Just one tagline. This is Konami or Konami, as you call it. <laughs> this is for this is on the Sega Genesis, but again, I reckon it was probably multi-format. The tagline here is the plot thickens. Um, right. The most challenging, most chilling adventure in vampire hunting history. Castlevania. 
Uh, it is Castlevania, but do you know which one? Four. It's just got a name. It doesn't have a number. No. Bloodlines. I wouldn't have got that. Okay. And I think that is it for that. However, I am going to ask you some more stuff from non-comics pages in these issues, but I'm going to save that for later. Lovely. Uh, so, going back to the ground battle I think we were at. Vulkukukland. Yes, with the brainwashed Zartan and Destro in tow, along with, along with Mindbender, Billy and the Baroness at this point are hidden in the castle, and yet again they do the castle transformation, which is getting old fast, I must admit, and they oh, shake no. them out. And what actually happens to Baroness and Billy? Because again, I read it an hour ago, and I can't think, what, how does that conclude? What do those guys end up doing nothing happens you don't see what happens to them they don't right. they're not going to get killed or anything they're just being okay they're just captured captured yeah okay and uh cobra commander has now launched full-on launched his assault into dark lonia i guess transcarpathia transcarpathia he's is that not where what he owns barovia are these the, are these all three borders yeah transcarpathia walker cook Cookland, and dark lonia yes they're as all, well as Barovia, Barovia probably yeah, is. yeah, they're right, all okay. they're all connected, yeah. Right, okay. So he is, but where's he launch? He's launching his main attack here into Walker Cuckland, is he? Because that's where General Liederkrantz is. Walker Cuckland's in Darklonia, yes. Oh, it's in Darklonia. Yes. Okay, I thought it was a separate separate place. Right, no, that's fine. That's fine. That makes sense. Nice bits with Wolfgang proving that he wants a scumbag, always a scumbag because he has been funneling the, the the mess funds, and then later on he is seen rescuing Liederkrantz, but uh, Liederkrantz's wallet falls out of his pocket, <laughs> out of Wolfgang's pocket. Nice touch, nice touch. Thoughts on the Joes on this mission? Stalker gets a fair bit of page time. Yeah, uh, I like the Flint and Lady J kind of parachuting in kind of thing, but you know, effect- nice, yeah. effectively they only really... They, they, I mean, they aid in in the battle and everything, but it's um, not really about the Joes. They're they're really taking a kind of uh, back seat, really, in a sense, and an advisor advisory capacity. But the the fun thing about that is that they become quite important in it because they're obviously li- telling them the, the right things to do. Uh, they're basically fighting this guy who's bit, just a bit, a bit bit of an egotistical d- who Liederkrantz who just wants. You know, he, he wants to like attack this and do this and and all that kind of stuff. But it's always the wrong thing to do. Like when they're turn, when yeah. they pull up in their ore striker, they're driving towards them. He fires on them, thinking they're being attacked. And it's like that, that despite people like his men telling him who it is, he's like, you know, just you know, you know, he's very kind of um, pig-headed, I suppose. So they kind of appeal to kind of his cowardice in a sense, or his insecurity when they threaten to leave him to do it himself. And that kind of, you know, gives him or makes him kind of like give power over to them in terms of decision making. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like you mentioned at the beginning, you know, it's kind of good fun stuff. It's nothing ground shaking, but um, there's nothing inherently bad going on here. It's just kind of fun stuff. really. Yeah, I think it moves very quickly. There's a good pace to it. And there's nothing in there that I just I I, there was no dialogue in it, for example, where I was like, you know, like it was actually... I just read it and it was fun and I didn't have that yeah. moment where I stopped and thought, oh, for God's sake, you know, don't be so ridiculous. Yeah, And the, I like ridiculous. The, the, I like yeah. ridiculous. But I, the space some... stuff gets very filmic, you know, when yeah. they're... 
when they're fight, the guy pops up on the screen that the, the mad professor scientist dude and giving him like you know you've made it this far there's red buttons there's drones coming in they put their weapons down it felt like something out of a movie so yeah yeah totally you know, fair play that's that's good stuff i have got here bullpen bulletins fun pay testing chris on marvel heroes will he score big or get lots of zeros with an iron man a hopper wolverine a doctor doom does he know his lizard from his fin fan boom so normally this is just some text pieces where marvel editors you know, give us the lowdown on what's going on but this week or these two two of the issues here they've got fun pages so one of them is a mutant crossword puzzle which has got too many questions for me to name however right incredible fun it's an unwritten rule that every marvel hero must have a cat must must have a catch adjective i'm thinking that's supposed to be catchy adjective in his name such yeah. as the incredible hulk Let's see if you can figure out the colourful words that describe these heroes. Okay. The Iron Man. Invincible. Ding. The Spider-Man. Two answers. Amazing. Yes, and... Spectacular. Ding, ding. The Thor. Mighty. Ding. The Avengers. Dark. There was a dark Avengers storyline. No, the answer is Ultimate? Mighty. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, Again. The four. Sorry? Four. Again? No, four. F-O-U-R. Oh, fantastic. Sorry, I thought you were saying Thor. Four. Four. Come on, I'm not, I'm not that common, surely. The X-Men. The Astonish... No, sorry, what I'm talking about. The Uncanny. Ding. The... Submariner. A bit trickier now. Yeah, the... Begins with S. Also was used for Conan. Oh, the, um... Slutty. <laughs> Ding. No, not Ding. The... No. Uh, it was a place where Kezar lived. You know Kezar? Like uh, Marvel's Tarzan dude. Yeah, the... I don't know. He lived in the Savage Land. Oh, the Savage. Oh, yeah. Uh, and lastly, two answers here: one for the 1970s incarnation of the team, and one for the 1990s incarnation of the team. The defenders. Tricky. First one I have not heard of. It's alliteration. So yeah, the the, the, the hang on the hang on. Don't, um, don't, don't tell me. The, 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 can I give you a clue? No. Uh, what's one of those things? <laughs> You said no to me. No means yes. Okay. What's that thing when you put on like um, the desperate the back thing. or front wheel of your bike in like the eighties? Oh, it doesn't have a light, but it powers the light. The dy- the dynamic yes. defenders. <laughs> yes, uh, is one, and the other one is from the nineteen nineties, which is not alliteration. The... Um, there was a big war. There was two of them. <laughs> the great defenders. <laughs> No, in there were two big wars in in the Marvel universe. Oh right, Civil Avengers. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know, mate. Go on. Uh, secret. Oh okay, okay. There you go. And unfortunately, we've got another one to get to. Uh, this one is more fun pages in the next issue. So, over the years, many Marvel superstars have gone from comic superstars to TV stars, usually accompanied by a catchy theme. And they put catchy this time. They put one it. catchy theme song. Most true Marveloids can recite these old classic theme songs by heart. Let's see how good your musical memory is. Can you match the Marvel hero with the verse from the song written about him? 
Now I'm not going to give you the five answers, but I'm just going to give you the five lines of song, and you tell me which hero they're for. I get it. I get the, I get the structure okay. of a quiz. Yeah. He's a cool exec with a heart of steel. Tony Stark, Iron Man. Yes. Stronger than a whale, he can swim anywhere. Aquaman. On the moor. All those who choose to oppose his shield must yield. Cap. Yes. Ain't he unglamorous? Hulk. Yes. <laughs> Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Uh, the Hulk again. <laughs> no. Um. Radioactive. Oh, Spider-Man. Yes. This is a real tricky one. Good. Didn't you used to be? Every now and then a hero will switch identities, sort of like when John Cougar became John Mellencamp. Let's see if you can figure out the previous identities of the following characters. Oh, what? This is going to be hard. Really hard. Shall I give you an easy one to start off? Yeah. Uh, I'll give you an easy one. Uh, Archangel. Angel. Yes. <laughs> Ding! And that's the end. No. Right, now we get to the tough ones. Uh. I knew, I think I knew two of these, or three of these. No, three of these I knew. Three other ones I knew. Right, number one, Tigra. Oh, goodness. I, uh, no. Sorry. Um, it's the, and who hates dogs? The cat. Yes, ding. <laughs> uh, number two, Binary. Uh, no. Just had a movie. Ant-Man. No, female. Uh, Captain Marvel. No, not... Oh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, Ms. Marvel. Right, okay. Is that the same person? Don't know. No. Uh, number three, Battlestar. No. No, they're not. I've heard of the alternate identity. I've not heard of Battlestar. And this guy what used to run around with Captain America. Bucky? Yes. Death Stalker. You've got a problem yeah, with... Death you've got a problem Stalker. with cockroaches. Who are you going to call? Exterminator. Correct. Archangel to Angel, you've done. Uh, Nomad. No. Uh, used to hang around with Captain America. Bucky. Yes, ding. Uh, Blazing Skull 2. Uh, Ghost Rider? No, Blazing Skull 1. Uh, no, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. Skull the Slayer. Uh, Machine Man. Okay, so it's up in the sky. Ooh, there's lots of them in the sky. Stars. Yeah, not plural. Star. Yes. And the second word is uh, Anglo. Lord. No, Anglo. Saxon. Yes, Star Saxon. Ding. Never heard of him. Aquarian. No. No more. No, um, I'm going to take a guess that this might be how you pronounce Wonder in German. Wunder. Yes, ding. And Goliath, brackets, the bad guy. He is part of a duo. I don't think, know if he's a duo anymore, but he his partner had fists unto a thing of iron. Just tell me. Uh, his partner was Iron Fist, and this dude... Uh, he is not a woman. Man. So he is, yes. And the first word is... Just tell me. Power man. Yeah, wouldn't have got it. Okay. No, let's move on. So, uh, I'm not singing a jingle for that one. You're going to have to, because it's... Ah, jeepers. That was the longest part of this episode so far. <laughs> Apologies to everyone out there listening. We may well cut it out, I'm not sure. Depends how long we go. It, well, it, um, depends, it depends on what I do with the edit. Depends what you do, and if we need... If we open up a Patreon with a uh, cut... <laughs> footage then that'll, that'll be in it it would just be me getting <laughs> wrong um, from yeah. comic ads yeah last page of the issue on earth will you look at that duke and our boys did their job i hope that it made it off that thing before it exploded 
Oh, that's uh, that's like uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, uh, yeah. Luke wasn't aboard that thing when it went up. He wasn't. I'm sure Luke wasn't on that thing when it blew. He wasn't. Clock the falling star, make a wish. Issue end. Very nice. Yo, Joeage on this, please, sir. I'm going to go a thoroughly enjoyable uh, low eight. Low eight for you. I am going a rock solid mid seven. Good stuff. Next week we will be covering one four eight. Uh, sorry, one four nine, one fifty, one five one, and we will have possibly one or two guests coming on the show to discuss those with us. So stay tuned for more on that. Who could it be? Uh, <laughs> but moving on, we need to talk about British colloquialisms no, because we, we have been over-egging that pudding. We don't. We talk about Chris Talks Toys first. Oh, man, I am. My feet are so cold, it's going to my brain and telling me different things. So I want to hear about toys. Chris talks about toys. Ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Do you, though? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that robot thing from space. Starbridge! Send in the Armorbot! It's the Joe's new secret weapon, the Armorbot! It's got a mind and a voice of its own! It's got a crushing gripper, slicing ripper, and robo-gathering gun! Armorbot comes with Hawk figure, other figures sold separately, batteries not included. Right, of course, yes, you guessed it. I'm doing the Armatech Star Brigade, a real American hero, G.I. Joe Armorbot, shooting arm cannon and robo-claw. Special edition includes armor tech hawk figure realistic robot voice electronic lights and sounds that's all i need to say about this it is hilariously mental and i'm really down for it i think this is like one of the coolest toys in the gi joe <laughs> library of ridiculousness um that isn't like i'm not saying it's the best toy in the gi joe line i'm saying in the library of ridiculousness it sits right. atop uh, and is very, very cool. So this came out in the States in 1993, and I bet you're going to guess what I'm going to say about the United Kingdom, but no, they also came out in 1993 in the United Kingdom. So we did get our hands on just basically the straight-up US version, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure if they... that They may have had to change things on the box, like a certain like small print and stuff, but I think for the most part, we just got the American stuff. They hardly changed anything. They didn't even change the spelling of armor which is different obviously a-r-m-o-r for the u.s and a-r-m-o-u-r for the rest of the english-speaking world correct yeah um apologies uh if i'm just going to go on mute for a second if you ask a question you might not hear my answer because i've got to go and find an empty uh snapple bottle so i can take a piss into it because i'm desperate for a wee why don't you just go to the toilet no because i'm in the loft man so I don't want to have to go downstairs, so I'm just going to go and wee in a bottle over here. Carry on with the segment. Go, go, go. That's all staying in, by the way. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah, so this this behemoth of a figure uh, is a bit kind of clunky. It's a little bit, you know, silly. It has uh, lots of different cool features, so I'll run through them quickly from the specs on the blueprints. So uh, it has rocket guns, pivoting laser rifle, electronic battle command center, rotating six-shot arm cannon, reserve rocket storage, armor-plated wheel treads, opening computer cockpit holds two G.I. Joes, laser-proof armor-plated body shielding, and a battle grip cyber claw. It's a massive load of fun. It was like an early mech kind of, you know, suit. Uh, very, you know, again, I think it's really cool, and I think... 
that more kind of like heavily designed version of this could work in the modern era as a future mech kind of suit and it's really cool and we've we've even had some pretty cool mechs come out in the modern era uh, following uh, this obviously and they were really cool much smaller but very very cool now it comes with a general hawk figure and this figure is one of those bulky star brigade guys so it's not one of you know obviously there were kind of two different versions of star brigade figures they brought out they're these kind of real yep. bulky luckily sp- luckily sorry luckily uh, it was a 473 mil <laughs> snapple bottle i've done about 400 mils uh the plus side here is it's really warm so i'm putting my feet on it that is the grossest thing i've ever heard and now i need to remember not don't, to leave don't it up here drink. and yeah for a future episode beverage hello what's this one show. beverage for the show chief's pissed in a bottle oh it tastes uh, a bit fruity yeah anyway yeah, so no it's very warm so i'm going to put this on my feet you continue sir okay so two different types of uh, figure brought out in the star brigade uh for the actual joes and cobras it's like big bulky spacesuit guys as if they're out in space with their spacesuits on and more kind of leaner kind of designed characters that would have been you know operating inside the spaceships shuttles and all that kind of stuff i nearly said then in any case this general hawk i really like it they use the head sculpt from that version that you don't like with the rocket pack uh, but it's got yep. that cool kind of like leather head gear kind of thing and it's in green and he's got slightly i think he's got like dark gray hair so they're kind of preying on the aging factor of uh, general hawk in this one the actual suit is huge and bulky gold kind of trim gold boots and gold kind of waist section and and gold um wrists and hands and then it's kind of like half and half green and this kind of like dark really dark i think it's like a navy blue or it could be like a really dark gray it's like a really dark basically or a really light black shall we say in any case Codename General Hawk, G.I. Joe Armatech Commander, file name Abernathy Clayton M, se- serial number RA2127506. Primary military specialty, strategic command operations, secondary military specialty, Armabot Commander, birthplace Denver, Colorado, grade 07, Brigadier General. If you can't stand the heat, stay away from the sun. In space warfare, there's no such thing as a designated battle perimeter. The whole universe is on the front line field of fire. Even when replenishing your oxygen supply or recharging a laser pistol, you must stay on alert, and no one does that better than General Hawk. He watches his own back as well as those of his men. He's just one of those guys you tend to feel safe with, says Rock and Roll, as he cuddled him and gave him some bitty. Even those dumb old cobra bats with two A's, aren't lame enough to try a sneak attack with Hawk around. Hawk has seen plenty of interstellar combat and was even present during the brutal battle to liberate the moon from Cobra. (laughs) I love that. According to Hawk, that lunar nightmare was one of toughest fights ever. So there's an actual typo in this. If I'd only had the armor bot, then I could have vaporized bats by the hundreds. Uh, and then it goes through a list of the things on his person. Personalised Star Brigade Commander's helmet, pressure-regulated custom-fit spacesuit, gold-plated laser-deflecting space armour, internal motor-enhanced spacesuit motion circuitry, standard-issue lead-foot space boots. Very cute. Uh, I should have mentioned it does come with a removable helmet. It's very, very awesome with a Perspex visor. So they've gone all out um, for this wave of figures, and they've done new moulds really gone crazy with some of the designs and the armor bot is just fantastic i'll play the advert as well for everyone to listen to the commercial for the americans and uh, yeah that is the 1993 armor bot from star brigade wicked very good very good i have what i should do is i bought the 3d joe's 
collection of books. So I actually should have those up here with me. So when you're discussing, I can flick through oh, the pictures myself. Love, so, I, you know, three D Joe's is the best. Carson's a really good lad. Yeah. Uh, we're good friends, and I um, definitely I have that whole the the one to six volume one to six of his books in a yeah, lovely same. slip case. Yeah, have you yep, got that same. gorgeous slip cover? Yeah, yeah, Beautiful, got, isn't got, it? got the same. Yeah, shipping killed me, but it was worth it. Oh, um, totally. Maybe worth maybe, it. maybe we can get him on the show then. I did message oh, him yeah. in the early, you know, when I was only like two or three episodes into the show. Told you to f- uh, off. Yeah, message no, uh, um, and we had kind of had the possibilities of him coming on but dates hadn't lined up effectively and it kind of just slipped by the wayside but um yeah i'd like to get him on and if you're a, a good contact and can coerce him on then that'd be quality so i'll uh, text him a d- pic yes do it do it yeah or I'll, I'll send you a pic of my uh, pic of my piss in a snapple bottle maybe that'll entice him on <laughs> you do realize yeah, you're, gonna have, him. you're gonna have to tweet that by the way yeah it's still it's warm it's still warm it's amazing how piss long update piss stays warm yeah yeah brilliant there'll be more toys next week because uh toys never end and there'll also be more british colloquialisms next week so we might as well get on with the ones from this week when we over egg the pudding for real this time we got a pudding we're gonna egg it we got a pudding we're gonna over egg it we got a pudding we got no criticisms that means it's time for some british colloquialisms who's going first i will so basically <laughs> yes do it so you never ask me the question either go first or just just right. you know i'll do Noted. it i'll jump in basically um i always say it uh, when when we talk about overhanging the pudding i always jokily say my one because it rhymes and that is smeghead or smeg or what right. i'll usually do is over smegging the pudding is what i'll say which is gross yes now it was made really famous, Smeghead, by a TV show in from the UK, a sci-fi com- comedy show called Red Dwarf. A Smeghead. You're a complete and total Smeghead. Gutless, spineless, gormless, directionless, neurotic, underachieving, snivelling, cowardly, bileless Smeg. You're a total Smeghead. Right, Smeg brain, prepare to die. Scum-sucking lion, weasel-minded Smeghead. And what the Smeg would you know, Bogbot from hell? Smeg for brains. You're a total Smeghead, aren't you, Grimmer? <laughs> You smegging well smeg off, you annoying little smeggy smegging smegger. Smeg off, dishwasher bread. You are the most obnoxious, trumped up, party little smeghead that has ever been my misfortune to encounter. Which is one of my all-time favourite comedy shows of ever. Uh, I love that and Blackadder. But Red Dwarf is just one of those one of those shows that is just brilliant. It's like the lowest budget, but highest output for a show ever it's just brilliant it's so funny and obviously smeghead was the go-to phrase they used to use all the time and what i will say is that the only reason they even used it in the show wasn't to do with the like smegma which is what obviously everyone thinks it's taught it's referring to they saw it written on an appliance as in smeg appliances and they thought it was funny and they just used it in the show the right that was grant naylor i think he wrote that so it's even funny in the fact that the the insult comes from an appliance as opposed to smegma which is the build-up of smeg on the uh, inside your bash hat which is another yeah. bridge colloquialism yeah. by the i've way. not heard that one before but uh... that's from that's a norfolk colloquialism from north walsham okay. specifically before um before you go can you hold on for two Pick minutes while yourself. i let my dogs out yeah why not two seconds hang on if you're going to piss on the in a bottle, I'm going to let my dogs out. 
No, I'm, yeah, fair. I guess I guess that's fair. Pissing just, uh, in a bottle. We'll just vamp for a bit and uh, fill the time, I guess. I read some comics today. I'm reading Walt Simonson's Thor run from the mid-80s. Uh, it's about 48 issues. Started with issue 337, the introduction of Beta Ray Bill, who is a great character who challenges Thor oh, for in out. single ooh, combat ooh, ooh, and ooh. Uh, ends up beating him and then takes on Yolnir. And what are you doing? Eventually, eventually, I'm I'm filling time. I'm telling the people what I've been up to. Other things I've been up to this week. Oh my and, goodness! Um, I'm not going. I was just going to cut that out. And I'm no, you're not cutting that out. That you're in. not cutting out because uh, then he ends up getting Yolnir. But the next issue, um, he kind of says it wasn't a fair battle. So Odin gives Yolnir back to Thor and gives Beta Ray Bill Stormbringer his own hammer to imbue him with the power of the gods. So I'm going to hopefully complete that run of Walt Simonson stuff uh, in the coming week. So. Yes. Um, is it? Uh, are you finishing your colloquialism, or is that done? It's your colloquialism now. I just yeah, have to let the okay. dogs out. Oh, so I could have done mine when you were letting the dogs out. Yeah, but then I wouldn't have heard it. No, oh, you're right. <laughs> That's why I did other stuff. Okay. Okay, so we're kind of a team, working as a team, I think. We're the worst team ever. We're not even next <laughs> to each other. We're like team number one of one. So it's like a Doctor Who episode, and we're not... Said, non- both of us are just artificial intelligences. We're not actually I real said, people. I said... I said last week that I had in a new British colloquialism was invented last week and I was going to spoil it, but Chris said save it, so I'll save it. So in the office in which I work, I occasionally put together like sweepstakes. So a normal, what in the UK we would call a sweepstake is Grand National, biggest horse race in the world. Everyone puts a quid in or something like that or fiver and you get a randomly selected ticket if your selection wins, you get all the money. That's what we would determine a sweepstake. So I do every few months a sweepstake in the office, but I, instead of just doing pay your money, pick a random ticket, I add extra rules into the equation. So, for example, the football or soccer, if you like, uh, the football World Cup, I had a sweepstake where you do get a random team, but the rules were things like if your team knocks out England, you're immediately eliminated. Uh, every goal your team scores you get those points based on the minute in which your team scored the goals uh, if you can see goals in the quarterfinals you lose 50 points if you have a man who gets a red card and he has a g in his name you lose 200 points just completely round and whoever's got the most Blimey. points at the end if your team wins the world cup you're immediately eliminated I would be immediately because it'd be the last game but anyway uh you you get random points for doing stuff and i did another one recently which was it was a it was a non-busy friday in the office so i said right there's four of us let's uh, five of us in fact let's all get randomly selected numbers for horses because i work in the betting industry each race of the day we'll each get a random number for a horse if it wins you get a certain amount of points on every third race if your horse comes third you lose those amount of points you can play a joker race which takes points away from someone and gives them someone else basically just made it complete no one understood any of the rules yeah even me horrible anyway they coined the phrase chiefing it up which is a new phrase used anywhere in life if something has been overcomplicated for no particular reason. So something is running smoothly or doesn't need changing, and then suddenly some idiot, some jackass has come along, made changes, made it overcomplicated. People don't know what's going on. That is now and forevermore known as chiefing it up. <laughs> oh, too many chiefs, a long-winded mate. one. Too but, many yeah. chiefs. That's it, that's it. So uh, someone tells me, oh, bloody hell, you've chiefed that up pretty much every day of my life 
But there'll be more colloquialisms next week. Will it be a new one that's made up on the spot or not? I don't know. Uh, you can only tune in to find out. And the last segment, oh, segment-heavy show, I love it. And the last segment of the show is Chief Ask Chris a question. Chief Ask Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do when Chief Ask Chris a question? I started singing it thinking it was the Inside Chief's Mind song, which is why it started out really slow. <laughs> and I just kept up the pretense because I was like, what's going wrong here? I'm going to make it seem like they meant this the whole time and then, and then tell I everyone sp- afterwards anyway. Yeah, yeah, skills. yeah I've chiefed it up there. Um, Massively. <laughs> uh, right, so in this G.I. Joe arc we've read, when they're on that asteroid, it reminded me a little bit of Armageddon. The Armageddon, Armageddon Hungry. The, yeah, the 1990... I am actually getting hungry. I made a... Um, after I'd burnt the kid's hand off, I also made pudding, which was an Eve's pudding, which uh, is you stew up some apples in a bit of lemon juice and sugar, make a, a general vanilla sponge cake mixture. You then put the apples into the bottom of like a ceramic oven-proof dish. Then you put the sponge on top bake it and then when it comes out you kind of flip it upside down so your sponge is on the bottom and your stewed apples on the top eve's pudding very nice right um i don't know why i said any of that i think <laughs> uh now you said i'm getting hungry and i just reminded me i've got a spare eve's pudding downstairs so when i come out of here i'm gonna put on tone loke what's get the myself f- a, question <laughs> get myself an eve's pudding and i'm away the question is there seemed to be a trend there seemed to be a trend deep impact of, armageddon yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. You, we're like soul brothers from another mother somehow yeah. because uh, my clues for the questions are great and you can able to read my mind. So I've got, a, I've got a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight paired movies. Oh Which my... one is the best of the pair? Oh, okay. That's cool. This is fun. Okay, good. And I will go by chronological order. Okay. Uh, right. The first one, I've not seen either of these movies. 1992 is the year. Nice. So you have 1492 Conquest. <laughs> And Christopher Columbus, A New Discovery. I don't think I've seen either of those either. Okay, moving on. I think that's why I did eight. Um, <laughs> Deep Impact and Armageddon. Um, hard to say. I think Armageddon. Yep. Uh, I'm I think not saying just... yep. I'm just saying that's right. I'm just saying yeah, okay. Okay. And I, I've actually not gone chronological at all because I found one here from 1991, which oh is God, Robin Hood, is a, a Prince of Thieves. Chief in the shit out of this, aren't you? Ro- chief in it right up. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves or Robin Men. Hood. Robin, hmm. Robin Hood, which was I think Patrick Patrick Bergen was Robin Hood in that. I don't think anyone went to see that movie, so I'll go with Prince of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. Next, we've got another 1998, which is Ants and a Bug's Life. Bug's Life. Bug's Life. 1999. You have the Truman Show. Oh no! So Truman Show was 98 back in a 98, and Ed TV was 99. Truman Show. Then you have got the year 2000, which is Red Planet and Mission to Mars. Red Planet was the Val Kilmer one. Mission to Mars was... I haven't seen either of those. Okay. There seemed to be that period, 98 to 2000, uh, seemed to be... uh, Why are you laughing? 2000 sounds hilarious. Yeah, because you don't say 2000. What year were you born? Tell me. Yeah, but Tell 2000 what year were you born? What, what year were you born? 1980. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you. That's fine. All right, you passed the test. You, you're I just think in that. some cases it probably makes sense to say 2000, but like in, right. 
in in other cases it makes more sense to say okay. yeah like 1980 because right. it's easy. moving What's on whatever easier 20 right, sounds american now who's slowing up the segment um 2006 <laughs> the prestige the illusionist Ooh, the prestige was amazing sorry i love the prestige okay and lastly 2010 despicable me and megamind i've not seen either despicable me okay and that's it that's the end of the segment why do you think that that happened not that segment but why were there (laughs) dual movies trends one's doing well do another one or but they all came out in the same year oh i see what you mean yeah so they would have been developed at the same time yeah well that's the thing though a lot of a lot of uh, studios will get a heads up on what's being developed because they all talk to each other everyone talks to each other in that industry so you'd know what was going on they wouldn't be able to kind of keep it Storm. Right. I guess so when someone some- says someone says massive asteroids going to destroy the Earth. Someone says, F- "Let's get on this. Let's make our or, own one." Or, it, um, yeah, it relates to a current event. So if something happens in in current events, that usually sparks the idea to do something. So, or a book might come out that does really well, and then obviously yeah. they want a piece of it. And then in some cases, they're just you know you only get one studio doing it because they beat them to the punch, like Jurassic yeah. Park, for example. Unless you yeah. want to, like, maybe say uh, all of those teen sci-fi movies that are like Sharknado and no. Megalodon and all that kind of crap. No. Um, there'll be more questions for you next week. And this time I had that done in advance. I didn't have to think up a question during the show, as I normally do. Uh, we're, we're pulling back the veil, well, Chief is, on uh, Talking Joe this week. And uh, I just do want to... pissing in it. <laughs> and pissing in, in the bottle. It's still warm. My piss is, like, amazing. Um... Gross. I just do want to uh, say another shout out to Sam Mayers who who gave us a really nice uh, email the other week and he has now come back and I think what he's done here is he's done a no prize which is in the old Marvel days where something had theoretically been misconstrued in the comic or not drawn or not explained correctly you could write in with an explanation because Marvel doesn't make mistakes and you'd get a no prize so here I'm going to read it out Uh, In the review of issue 116, you and Chris both wonder aloud how it is that Destro knew immediately that Cobra Commander intended to blow up his castle versus attempting a more clandestine breach and investiture. Uh, That's a word I'm not familiar with. Um, I'm uneducated. Uh, I'd submit that if the good Laird is a student of military history, then he would recognise immediately that planting mines beneath the fortifications was the most likely scenario. Digging beneath the enemy position to attempt to breach, relying purely on manpower, would be doomed by the narrowness of the ingress point and would likely be discovered as the noisy digging closed in on the floor. Tactile explosives preserve the shock value, create a wider entrance for troops to pass through and eliminate resistance to the point of the assault, but would also presumably cause the resulting rubble to fill in the in the breach beyond this we can look at the battle of petersburg in the american civil war for a lesson in why this is a recipe for failure the overwhelmingly dominant purpose of tunneling beneath an enemy position in modern warfare is to set explosive charges and blow the hell out of the enemy position doing as much structural and personnel damage as possible this is typically followed by a frontal above ground assault and was most famously and extensively employed on the western front during the great war looking forward to next week's show so uh send me your address sam because i've got no prize to send you because that was fantastic wow yeah you you went to sleep i loved it no i i yeah i did (laughs) (laughs) that's impressive and very impressive sam that was was quality love it love it uh yeah so ping me your address on an email and i've got something to send you 
in the postage. Even though it's um, nothing. Even though it's a no, no, it's not a no. Well, it, it's classed as a no prize, but it is actually something. So, uh, so it's a, it's a prize. That's what it's, it's, known a, as yeah, a prize. it's not a no prize at all. Yeah, all right, all right. No slowing at the segment. Me still. Um, <laughs> we'll be back next week again. Like I said, one four nine to one five one. Special guests are plenty. Well, maybe not a plenty one slash two. If that's a plenty, then yes. Uh, you can get us in all the normal places. That's talking underscore Joe on Twitter. Talking Joe Comics on Instagram. Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com or even Talking Joe, a G.I. Joe podcast on the Book of Face. Uh, where can the people find you, sir? Diagnostic80 on Twitter and Instagram and the Full Force podcast on Facebook and Twitter and Podbean iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube and now Patreon. Yeah, good stuff. Do it. Check it out. Give him some money. He needs it. And uh, we will catch you down the road. Bye. Shield. Piss in a bottle. Pissing in a bottle.